And now, live in studio, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. He's a successful entrepreneur, published author, top listing agent, a real estate and finance expert that goes to bat for you every day as a consumer advocate. Your host and the consumer quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Hello and welcome into the Consumer Quarterback Show with your host, Brandon Rhymes. Brandon is out today. You've got your backup quarterback, James DeJerome, in the seat. We are committed to providing the same program that we always do. Brandon has trusted me to provide the consumer advocate role that he plays. I'm going to do that for you today. One of the things that Brandon does is provide a a little bit of positivity. I'm going to do that as well. And, of course, we've got our team together to make sure that I can handle this, this role he's put me in. So we've got Jose back there on the board. If you're listening to us on AM 1380 now, that's Jose back there keeping us sounding correct. Of course, D is our intern. D meets everybody at the door and makes sure that we're doing everything correctly here. So, Dimitri, thanks so much for your work. Rob is our tech from WeBeam. So all you folks out there watching the program rather than listening, you're looking at Rob's work on WeBeam TV. The show is available on quite a few different outlets. So we talk a little bit about the radio side on AM 1380. We're going to be moving. Our radio home is going to change on September 26th. We're going to move to 860 AM. It's a big move for us. A larger station, bigger signal, and more the same as far as the program goes. On the video side, in addition to WeBeam, Binge Networks is carrying the program. So we're available on any smart TVs out there by searching the Consumer Quarterback Show. So take a look at us. Make sure you check us out online. And again, I've, we've done a great job of committing ourselves to consumer advocacy, trying to find folks out there that can provide some information, some knowledge, give you a little bit more power in the marketplace as a consumer. To that end, I've got some partners joining me today on the program. Lauren Frieder is here from Frank Charles Miranda Law. Lauren has put together a bunch of different things that I don't think you know about. Everyone thinks they know. See, I watch a lot of Law & Order just like you do, and so we think that we're all ready to go to trial, but there's some things that I think we need to go over a little bit. So she's got some information for you I think it'll be valuable. Uh, Gary Schofield from Fabray Frameworks is here. Now, Fabray does all the real estate stuff for Brandon. So Brandon's got properties he's selling all over, but Fabray's not just in the Bay Area. They're in Jacksonville. They're expanding all over the state, and Gary's going to tell us a little bit about that. Uh, I want to jump in here and let Lauren talk to Just preview a little bit, Lauren, if you could, some of the stuff that you brought in today. Well, thank you for having me back again. Um, based on the last time I was on the radio, I got a lot of feedback from people asking different questions basically about what the difference between an attorney and a litigator is is okay. one of the big things I wanted to talk now, about. Now, no, there's no difference, right? There's a huge difference. What do you mean? Is every litigator an attorney? Every litigator is an attorney, but not all attorneys are litigators. Okay, stand by. we got some information for you out there. Gary, in addition to the expansion, talk about what Fabray does just in general. I mean, you guys do the real estate stuff, but more than that. Oh, yeah. It's, it's full service. So uh, real estate is our big biggest niche, of right. course, but um, we, we do headshots, which are the, your marketing photography for your business cards or social media uh, platforms. We do weddings. Okay. Um, and uh, virtual uh, staging, I guess, is mainly real estate. Right. Uh, and, of course, the drones are out there, which, which cover a huge market. Yeah. Commercial. you want to make your house look good, fly a drone. Let these guys come over and fly a drone over there. You'll get a lot more eyeballs on your property, for sure. If you have a nice roof, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, Lauren. So, again, I'm a veteran. I'm a law and order guy. I know everything that's ever been on the show. You tell me there's a difference between an attorney and a litigator. What are you talking about? Well, I think the biggest thing we need to start with off is that people always tend to assume when you hear, um, when people think about lawyers, that we all litigate or that we're always in court when you think about criminal attorneys or criminal lawyers. Sure. And there's a huge difference. First of all, just understanding what an attorney is, 
is just basically someone who is an agent who has authority to represent either an individual, a business entity in different legal matters. Must an attorney have a degree? You'd need to have a JD. Okay. Um, but then also, so it's basically when you're thinking about an attorney, it's anyone who's licensed to practice law. Um, they can refer to themselves as an attorney or a lawyer. Okay. Attorney is going to be more of a professional term. So if I saw you at a party and you're like, what do you do for a living, Lauren? I'd right. say, I'm a lawyer. Now, if you look at my business cards, it's going to say trial attorney. Mm-hmm. Um I could keep going as always if you wanted me to, (laughs) but litigator is just a subspecies. It's a particular area of focus. Um, Most attorneys don't go to court. So when you're hearing, when I always say I'm a civil litigator, Mm -hmm. that means you can find me in the courthouse. Let's back up a second. What do you mean most lawyers don't go to court? There's so many specialty areas of law. I think the public's misinformed all the time. Even, even I thought when I was a little kid, when I decided I wanted to be an attorney, right. that automatically meant I was going to be in the courthouse. Absolutely. But there's a lot of attorneys, and there's nothing wrong with this. It's the area of specialty that you practice in that do not go to court. So if you think about somebody who might just specialize simply in business transactions, writing contracts, they're not necessarily going to go to court. So you really need to understand a litigator is also is a subset. It's different than a criminal lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the kind of when we're talking about law and order, which right. I don't watch anymore because right. I learned that that's the wrong you know way to look at stuff. Uh-huh. Um, litigator and uh, trial attorney often get confused as well, too. Um, and that there's a whole story behind that. So we are trial attorneys, but we're also litigators. So if I'm out there and I need an attorney, I've, I've got an, a legal issue, I need to decide, is this something we're going to go to court with? Because that changes who I'm going to pick. Absolutely. Uh, it definitely does. You know, I mean, you need to, when you're deciding who you're going to pick as an attorney, you really need to go, and we've talked about this multiple times, your due diligence. I make the joke, just because you see an attorney on TV or on a billboard, that does not mean they go to court. Right. Um, you need to vet them. You need to ask them what their experience is, not only if they just are a litigator, if you're looking to go to court, but what another subset area of specialty. So even though I say I'm a civil litigator, I also we specialize a lot in real estate litigation, mm-hmm. business litigation, landlord tenant law litigation. Um, but if somebody came to me with a workers comp litigation case, I would refer it because I know that that's not an area that I'm versed in well enough, and I would want to make sure that they got competent, adequate representation. Is there a resource for a, a someone out there to actually look at your history, your your trial history, or find out what this guy's done over the years? Um, well, of course. For attorneys and other people could log on to this too. I always look at something called Westlaw, but that's a kind of an attorney practice tool because I'm always tracking to see which attorneys go to court, right. how often they win and lose. But that's a question you could ask for the attorney you might be consider hiring. Also on their website, they should be, you know, a lot of times they'll show verdicts. They'll talk about, you know, how many times they've received good good trial verdicts, big settlements. Those things matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to have a conversation with the attorney. And see if they're that area, you know, if you're asking them to do something, are they actually even able to do it? Because I have a lot of people that end up coming to us and they thought, oh, this attorney, I thought they could handle it. But when it came time to go to court, the attorney backed out. And now it's, you know, the case isn't necessarily in the best position because they were working it in a way that they just wanted to settle it, um, which is fine. Mm. But you also have to have the ability to go to court if you're not liking the offers or how the case is progressing. Um, the Florida Bar uh, offers, obviously, they don't necessarily tell you a track record of stuff, but you can look up and to see what specialty area somebody might practice in, if they're board certified. 
Um, it will tell you different things like that. So to make an educated decision, you'd like to find someone who has an experience in a similar case mm-hmm. or someone who has some experience in, in your fee- in the field you're, you're looking to litigate in. And then likely what has happened? What are the judgments that they've received over the course of their career? Absolutely. It's really important because, you know, the more someone is comfortable, an attorney is comfortable going to court, the more relaxed, I mean, you should never be relaxed, but right. it's, you know, I always make the joke when I walk into the Hillsborough County Courthouse, I feel like I'm back at high school, because we see the same attorneys there all the time, mm-hmm. and if you're not there all the time, then you're missing out on the game. It's a game. Litigation's a game. Mm-hmm. It's a game of kings and money. So, um... You've got to be prepared when you're picking the right law firm. Lauren did a great job last time she was on. If you haven't seen it, you can always go on some of our archival uh, the website and look back at some of the previous shows. But she talked about just some common sense things about going to court that y- y- needs you think about before you go into the courtroom. Just simple things about your appearance and the timing and how to address people and, and things like that that oftentimes are neglected. Can you just give a summary real quick? Yeah, so we did a lot of tips um, for if you're going to go pro se in court. Obviously, one was being on time, sure. which means be early. Another one was don't interrupt the judge. Stop talking when the judge starts talking. Um, do not hurl insults at opposing <laughs> counsel or the judge. I mean, I've seen it all. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. But when you're rude to people in the courthouse, you're not going to get anywhere. Be nice to the judicial assistants, the bailiffs. All these people are there all the time. And, you know, they're dealing with hundreds of cases. So you're just, you know, one in thousands. And right. you don't want to be remembered for being that idiot that was rude to the judge. No, I think it's easy to get <laughs> frustrated when you're dealing with these kind of things because it seems like you, especially because you don't have the knowledge on your side. So you're a little frustrated by not understanding what's going on. You feel like I'm not communicating. No one's telling me what's happening. This relationship with the attorney and the idea that you're going to walk someone through the process and tell them what's going to happen, boy, that's critical to making them feel at ease and understand what's going on. It is really critical. Um, you know, if you go pro se in court, you're absolutely held to the same standard that I am or any other attorney is to know the rules and the law. Uh, the judge cannot help you because they're supposed to be an impartial decision maker. Mm. So if they're helping the pro se person, now as an attorney, I'm going to sit there and say, hey, this isn't fair. I mean, I can't get a fair shake at the case. And um, so I always say, you know, please do not represent yourself if you can avoid it in right. court because it's very complex. And how terrible would it be to lose when you have a great case just because you didn't know a, a rule of procedure? So you missed a timeline. Um, do you find that people that's because they don't trust the attorney or they just have, are so so egotistical that they feel like they're going to jump in there and do a better job? Uh, both, actually. Yeah, just a surprise. Why would you try to wade into this field of all? I honestly don't know. I mean, law is extremely complex. I mean, it, you're always learning. It's mm-hmm. an area of law. Law is so exciting because you can never know enough. Everything changes day to day. you got to know if some case law that happened yesterday affects how you're going to present your case today. You have to stay up to date. It's just exactly why I wouldn't go and you know pretend that I could adequately represent myself uh, in a doctor situation. I'm saying right. I'm just think of an example. But. So just to summarize, attorney versus litigator, there are differences. And and just real quickly again, what's the best case scenario for each one? When do you want a litigator? You want a litigator when you know you're going to need to be in the courthouse. Um, whether it's because you're going to be bringing a claim or defending one. Um, litigation and trial attorneys are a little bit different. There's a little bit misconstrued behind it. A litigator means that, you know, we're, like I said, we're going to be in court a lot, performing a lot of tasks that mm-hmm. are motion hearing, voir dire selection, which is jury selection. But that doesn't mean we're always going to end up in trial as a trial attorney. Um, most of the time, cases don't make it to trial. I mean, you're putting your faith into either a jury that doesn't 
get all the facts, you know, we can get into tort reform, right. so they're misled. Um, or maybe a judge that doesn't actually know the area of law. I mean, they, they rotate the judges around, so maybe the judge, before they became one, um, their specialty was family law, and now they're sitting in complex business litigation. Um, so you're, you're, it's a gamble. You're rolling a dice. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a litigator, you know, we're in the courthouse. Uh, it's considered a specialty, just as the specialties when you think about uh, intellectual property attorneys. And you guys kind of assess the the, oper- the chances for them. You know, when the outside, we say, we want to sue this person and go to court and do this. And then you kind of kind of say, well, here's the real reality is you may, you know, the success ratio may be a little bit lower than you think you're going to get out of this. Absolutely. Um, I'm always honest with my clients. Obviously, nothing is ever guaranteed, but... It's really important, and this is something I wanted to touch base on, you know, when you're trying to pick the right attorney, and if you already have an attorney, to always be honest with them. If you're keeping things mm-hmm. away from me and, right. and I don't know about it, you know, now we're getting, and I've developed a whole strategy based off of what you've told me, and now there's some surprise attack in court. It's actually going to cost you more money, because now i got to go back and fix it, yeah. and it could cost you your case. So that communication critical, and that relationship between you and your attorney, we're going to get more into that yeah. with Lauren as we come back from the break here, and then we're going to talk to Gary a little bit about Fabray and everything that's going on with Fabray. I just want to get our out there audience thinking about our sub- subjects today, and, and uh, we'll provide some good knowledge for you. Plus, we got that feel-good story coming up, so just hang out there with us. Consumer Quarterback Show rolls on. This is work done, and you're listening to the Real Estate Quarterback Show, hosted by my man, Brandon Rhymes. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372, online at ConsumerQB.com. Hey, Brandon Rhymes here, host of the Consumer Quarterback Show, national syndicated radio and TV show. We are looking for local area business expert contributors for our show. If you'd like to be considered, reach out at ConsumerQB.com, submit a form at ConsumerQB.com, or call 813-670-7372. We're interviewing for expert contributors for our program, 813-670-7372. Brandon Rhymes here, owner of the Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams Realty. We want to offer a rent versus own analysis to anyone renting. Text the word rent in the amount of rent that you're paying to our consumer advocate hotline, 813-670-7372. Text the word rent in the amount of rent that you're paying to 813-670-7372. We're going to hook you up with a rent versus own analysis and break it down how easy we can get you into home ownership with 100% financing options available. ConsumerQB.com. You're listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. Online at ConsumerQB.com. That's right. ConsumerQB.com is the place you can go to find information about all our partners on the Consumer Quarterback Show. Brandon Rimes has put together this show as a way of providing power to the consumers, a way to give you a little bit more purchasing power out there in the marketplace. We're going to give you some knowledge. And to that end, I've got Gary Schofield joining me. Now, Gary, fabray has been with Brandon for such a long time. They work together on the real estate side for years. Now, you guys expand and do all different kinds of things. I remember when you first came on the show, you've got a long history here in the Bay Area. I remember you talking about going back a generation or two here. Oh, yes. My uh, mother's side of the family settled back here in the late 1800s. How about uh, that? From up north. Uh, they, they 
traded some land. The government actually offered, I forget what acreage, I think it was 100 acres or 10 acres down here in Florida for every acre of farmland they had up in Ohio. How about that? So they were trying to get people to move down here, and uh, and recently uh, my grandmother just passed away a few weeks ago. She was the last of that historical, uh, that era anyway. Right. Still a lot of fierces around, but uh, yeah, so... A lot of history here. This is home for, for our family. That's the, that whole area, right? The bear, up there by Bears. Yes. And now, what, you said 10 acres. I think it was 10 acres for every one acre they had. Oh, so I when they came you. down here, he, he, I'm thinking he had around 100 acres yeah. at one time. Or his, his father did. Man, I know the real estate talk on this show would certainly like to get their hands on 100 acres right in that Bears area now. Oh, you know what? It's, it was one of the last areas to be developed. Uh, my uncle uh, sold that property across the street. It was the last grove they had. I think it was 18 acres there hmm. where that uh, uh, produce stand is. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that was uh, that was my other uncle's house there, but it's still there. But uh, all all they have left is on on Lake Magdalene now. All right, so long time Bay Area knowledge coming from Gary Schofield for Bray Frameworks. So as I said, for Bray does all kinds of uh, photography stuff. And in addition to the drone photography that Brandon loves showing all the time on the show, you guys are in the Bay Area, but you're also Jacksonville. You're telling me we're all over. The, um, they are really uh, pushing the expansion right now. Uh, and why wouldn't you? Sure, uh, real estate's so- not going to stop selling so, anytime soon. So successful. So, uh, yeah, we recently went down to Sarasota, Bradenton, uh, Manatee, and Sarasota counties. Um, we have a photographer in Jacksonville now. I'm heading up there tomorrow for a few days okay. to go drum up some business up there and get him rolling. And uh, Jacksonville's uh, uh, geographically a pretty pretty large area. So I want to. I, I know from my. I, I got a background in photography too. But the drone thing meant takes people by. They're just like wow. You know, they, they've got pictures of their house. And the the first thing was the tour, or the interior tour. People love that. But the drone thing, man, people just want to look at. The, they just watch the drone video just to watch the video. Yeah. So the drone's so important. And and by the way they're free with all of our packages our real estate packages so uh, there's some other companies out there all of our photographers are uh, licensed faa pilots um to be able to do this in fact i found something out a lot of these drones now the faa has mechanisms in there to where if they're in a restricted area that drone is not able to fly they'll just simply take control of the thing exactly so instead of hoping nobody flies near an airport or something, uh, they put that control mechanism in there, which is a good idea. Yeah, I bet you better have a license pretty soon. They're going to come right to your door. Yep, important. Uh, talking about uh, legal issues, that, uh, if, if you get drone photography done, make sure they are FAA uh, licensed pilots. Part just a heads up out there. That's why you get in touch with For Brave Frameworks. I know, like I said, I, I catch myself watching just to watch it. I like to look at the videos. It's great. In Florida, there's so many golf courses, a waterfront, lakefront. Uh, uh, just to give you an idea of the subdivision, the surrounding, or how big a property really is yeah. from the air, bird's eye view. Uh, and uh, Shows it, off the it, weather a little bit, too. Uh, you get a lot of views. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you get a lot of views you can't get uh, driving down the street, for sure. Absolutely. So I know part of the thing you guys do with the virtual staging is kind of it's kind of mind-blowing that you create. the. I don't know how you, it's computer-generated, obviously, but how do you guys figure out? I mean, who does that for you? Uh, Jeanette, um, which, by the way, had a uh, her and her husband had a, a young boy this Well, congratulations week. to Jeanette. Yep, she has all, been on the show before. They're all doing well. And uh, also one of our editors had a baby girl. Um, so Fabre's expanding not only statewide, but also in the office. Population-wise, yeah. too, yeah. <laughs> Now, tell me about the uh, – I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I thought I had a good joke there. but <laughs> you, you probably do. Um, yeah, where were we? No, we were talking a little bit about 
Fabre and you guys expanding into the uh, different areas and the drone thing, but the headshots and, and Jeanette having the baby, I was just curious to know, uh, you hire new people over there? you got oh, so oh, much going on. Yeah, virtual tour is what yeah. we were talking about. Uh, but, yes, they, they are hiring. In fact, there's two in the office today being okay. trained. and uh, So, yeah, with the inspect, uh, the inspect the expansion, right. um, not only photographer-wise, but also the editors, uh, the staff. Um, hopefully someday I'll get a sales partner to help me with sales. And, um, <laughs> so if uh, you're listening, uh, but no, I'm just saying the virtual staging, I'm baffled. You guys take an empty house, and then I take a tour, and it's got this beautiful you know, like state-of-the-art furniture in there. So I, I've not witnessed how they do that. I have seen the before and after photos, uh-huh. uh, and, and I do the same thing you do. I go, wow. <laughs> I mean, how do you do that? Right. So I'm sure you guys have to keep an eye on technology as well. So in addition to adding the drones, if there's a new program out there, a new way to look at things or something you got to learn, you guys are on top of it, huh? Sure. The, the drone's changing all the time, better, smaller, uh, better suited for what we do. The, the, the equipment uh, behind the scenes, the uh, computers are huge that they edit these things with. Right. Uh, because uh, especially videos, they take up so much uh, space. You know, I mean, a lot of... Um, Storage space. And so without the, the computers that they use, and of course they use a lot of uh, the, the Dropbox for storage, but, but while they're working on it, they got to have the best computers to, to handle all this. I'm sure. Now, Brandon, he loves getting you guys out there to take professional pictures of his properties. Do you guys ever, I'm sure there's already pictures of some properties out there, and you go in and take more photos, and people say, well, that's not the same house, or that, that looks totally different, or why, you know, how do you do that? So the angles, the perspectives that you give, all that stuff is going to influence the sale, guys. I mean, that's what it's about, is trying to get more eyes to, to look at your property and to see it in a different way. The photography is the, really the first contact between most people looking for a home. It's what they do is they go online and they start looking at pictures, and from those pictures they start to see themselves in the house or not. So it's the, really the first step. You're exactly right. I mean, people are visual. I talk about that quite often. Um, you pull up an MLS listing or, or on Zillow or something, the first thing that captures your eye is the photo. Mm. Uh, I talk about the importance of the photography uh, for realtors all the time. 90% of the people are looking online. They're going to look at that first photo. If it doesn't if it doesn't look great, they're going to scroll through the other Absolutely. thousands. They, they have so many to look for. What's going to make them stop on yours? That that first photo is key. And that is the, that is the, the hunt now. It seems like for almost every shopping, almost everything we do starts with a little quick online search or look on your phone for a couple of examples or something like that. So that, that idea that you're going to create that display or at least catch their eye, that's the whole ballgame really is getting that first thumbnail looked at so they can – you know, put, pursue and push into it a little bit to find out what you're really offering. Yeah, and you know what? It's, it's worked out really well when the homeowner says, that's my house. They can't even believe how good it looks in some yeah. of the photos. Then, it, then you know it's good stuff. It's just documented that it reduces time on the market. You know, the, the, the more flattering the photographs are, the more they're out there, the less time you're going to have to worry about selling that property. And that's the game down here. You know how everyone is into this flipping a property. How long do I have to hold it? How, when can I get rid of it? Boy, you want to call for Bray and get the flattering photographs up there ASAP, right? As soon as you can, because that's what's going to sell the house. Yeah, you took a few of my points, though. But good, <laughs> good job. You, somebody did their homework. <laughs> well, look, I, I, I'm guest hosting. You know what I mean? This, I don't get many shots at this. Well, good no. job. <laughs> I've got a point. Go ahead. Um, I was actually, when Gary was talking, I really was thinking when you were talking about making sure, you know, when you fly these drones, this is why you want to hire somebody like Gary, because not only is it important from what Gary was saying from a legal standpoint, another legal standpoint is when you're flying these drones, you need to look into city code, uh, county ordinances, because, you know, there are things what we call invasion of privacy. So depending on if you how 
high up you can fly these mm-hmm. drones. You know, if you're thinking about if you live in downtown Tampa, perhaps you need to make sure you do have that clearance before you go. Ten stories high in an apartment. (laughs) Absolutely an area that we're going to see develop legally as we go forward. There's no question there's going to be more precedent and more things going Mm -hmm. on with these things because everyone's got one. Every kid on my street's flying them. So it's only a matter of time until some issues come up somehow. Yeah. All right. So it's Consumer Quarterback. Stay with us. We're going to close up this uh, first half of the show. we got Lauren and Gary here. We're going to get some good stuff. Feel good story coming your way. Uh, Consumer Quarterback Show, doing our best to provide that random act of kindness and that inside knowledge that makes you a more informed consumer. Thanks so much for Brandon, give me the opportunity. Come on back. Listen to the second half of the show. Brandon Rhymes, Consumer Quarterback Show. Hey, this is Jarek Robbins. You are listening to the Consumer Quarterback Show with Brandon Rhymes. Please do what it takes to learn all that you have to to live the life you want to live. Live it fully and find a way to give it by paying it forward to others. Get in touch with Brandon online at ConsumerQB.com. Thanks for listening to my daddy's show. For more information, go to ConsumerQB.com. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. Listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, online at consumerqb.com. Brandon is Tampa Bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice. Call Brandon today at 813-670-7372. Welcome back to the Consumer Quarterback Show with Brandon Rhymes. Brandon is out today. James DeJerome is your backup host. I've got Lauren Frieder from Frank Charles Miranda Law and Gary Schofield from Fabray Frameworks here. We're going to tell you something positive in our feel-good segment coming up. It's about eviction. A 102-year-old lady. You believe someone wants to evict a 102-year-old woman, but we got a, we got a good ending on that story. So stay with us for our Consumer Quarterback Show, Random Act of Kindness, the feel-good story like Brandon always does. So we've been talking a little bit about uh, different ways to hire an attorney, things you need to know about your attorney when you're getting, getting into an attorney situation. And then Gary told us a little bit about Fabray and everything that's going on at Fabray and why that real estate photography is so important to your real estate sale. I want to just go back to Lauren a little bit. Uh, Lauren, we talked about what's the difference between a trial lawyer and attorney and the civil and, and uh, uh, litigation. What about when you have the wrong attorney? So, what if you hired an attorney and you want to make a change? Uh, well, a lot of people don't realize that they can change attorneys or law firms at any time. It's your absolute right. They, um, I actually get this question a lot. Uh, they feel like, oh, I signed up with this attorney, mm-hmm. and now I'm stuck. I don't like where my case is progressing or how the attorney is handling the case. And they feel like they have no option but just to stay with that attorney. It's absolutely 100% not true. You always have the right to change attorneys and law firms. Just like as attorneys, we have the right to get rid of you as a client. Now, I, the reason that I brought that up is because in the real estate world, I get this brand and it tells me this all the time. I'm working with a realtor and then they find out, hey, this person has another realtor they're working with or, and they feel as if they've undercut each other or they're, they're working against each other. Uh, in the world, I could see I have an attorney. Is this? Did she do the right thing? I want to check with another attorney to see if I can trust this attorney. So I'm creating some bad blood or is that even a – what happens? It's absolutely that? okay to go run um, as a client uh, your case 
by another attorney. You know, we have what we call attorney-client confidentiality. So if you're kind of at the point where you're not sure, because maybe your attorney is doing everything right, Mm. and a lot of people don't realize that they get frustrated with the system, understandably. You know, we live this day-to-day, so we know you've got to be patient. It's not always going to be the best outcome, you know. A small win one day and a big win the next day. You know, it just depends. So you can go talk with another attorney. It's kind of like a consultation. Mm-hmm. You should let them know, though, that you are represented. Okay. Absolutely let them know because they need to know that. Right. And, and the process of uh, in trial changing of attorney requires the court system, right? Yes, absolutely. Once, uh, for example, if I filed a lawsuit and um, now we're already in the court system. So that means I have a notice of appearance in. I represent clients so-and-so. And if they wanted to switch... The court is going to have to enter an order granting a motion to withdraw as counsel. And then typically what happens is the client then has, depending on if they're an individual or an entity, 20 to 30 days to go ahead and find new counsel. During that time, everything's going to stay the case mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, and hopefully you, you go retain somebody that knows what they're doing and uh, they have enough time to actually right. catch up on the case to see what's going on. And it's also important, I've talked about this before, in Florida... If you're an entity, a corporation, an LLC, you must be represented by an attorney for going to court. I'm, I'm not sure I understand that point exactly. You don't have the ability to represent yourself. You should. Have, no, you're not allowed. Um, I've seen people somehow get away with it here and there. Um, I don't know how they're really not caught. You said in Florida, as it's unique to this state. I don't ever want to speak beyond okay. Florida when okay. it comes to certain things um, because you have to understand every state. Um, it has different rules. Yeah, that's why so, we need an attorney, guys. It could be different. I'm from Ohio. It could be different in Ohio. I don't know. Okay. And another thing to think about when you're looking to pick an attorney, when you're talking about if, if this is the right attorney, you know, some attorneys are licensed to practice law in Florida, but not in the federal right. uh, court systems in Florida. Whereas that, um, I am able to practice in the federal court systems. So I see attorneys who take cases. I'm thinking, why would you take this? Because you know you can't go practice in federal courts. But they took it anyways. So what qualifies you, Lauren, to be able to practice in a federal court? Well, in the Middle District of Florida, you know, you have to just be um, a, a licensed, a Florida licensed attorney um, in good standing with the Florida Bar. You go take an oath. It's different in different districts for the, for the federal federal courts. Okay. Um, so it just kind of depends. Uh, obviously, you need people to attest to your character, other attorneys that are already licensed into it. The Florida Bar is extremely strict, and they do a really good job at making sure, you know, Obviously, you hear there's bad attorneys mm-hmm. out there, but you know that's just in any profession and industry. Is so there they, an automatic review process within the bar so that after five years we look at X attorney, or does it re- trigger a, repl- a complaint to trigger a review of some attorney? Um, I've never heard of them just automatically looking at people unless they're trying to get you know board certified okay. or become a judge. Uh, think, to look at those types of qualifications, but uh, I don't ever like talking okay. about attorney complaints. But that's going to trigger something, yeah, for sure. All right, just another question again with my law and order background. The what makes an attorney become a judge? When are you? Do, do you want to be a do, do attorneys seek to be a judge? Of course they would. What's yeah. the process? Uh, once again, that uh, answer depends on what county, and we'll go to Florida, okay. what county in Florida you're in. And um, certain counties, all you have to do is just become a licensed attorney in Florida. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be really more based on population than other counties. You might need to have five years of practice in good standing. It just differs county by county. Okay. Are you familiar with any attorneys that you know that became judges? I am, but I don't want to talk about it because <laughs> okay. people are going to excuse me of uh, Okay. So there's another thing I, that we learned today on the show. <laughs> 
You got to be careful when you're talking about judges. Well, I, you know, the judges that I know and that I, you know, obviously backed in campaigns mm-hmm. and believe in are amazing people. Sure. And the judges are people too. You know, they're it's you know they're more isolated because, like we talked about earlier, they have to remain impartial yeah. and you can't have what we call it ex parte communication. So I can't, if you're a judge, be like, hey James, you know, right. I want this favor done in this case sure. or whatever. Um, no, it doesn't work that way. That's really I imagine, wrong. <laughs> I can imagine you have to be careful just in your regular life to not run into those situations all the time. It's a huge thing. And attorneys, we have that too, but judges are, you know, a a higher standard. They cannot have this uh, appearance of impropriety. Right. I know my background just in coaching, you'd be someone, oh, let me coach, come on coach, cut the line, come on in front. You know, you realize that's, you can't do that. Yeah. They're always watching. Uh, nice. So there's a little knowledge for you. All right, Gary, when was the last time you had to hire an attorney? No, just kidding, Gary. I wouldn't put you on the spot like that. What month is this? <laughs> no, okay. So with uh, Fabray and the real estate thing, you guys run into legal issues, I imagine. You know, realtors do all the time as far as uh, too many people want to buy this house or there's some legal issue about the home itself. Uh, Brandon has relayed stories to me where He'll have a buyer in, in ready to go, and then some inspection or whatnot. He'll he'll have to struggle, and he'll find some someone who has to interpret the way the the, the statute is. So, one house inspector may not be the same as another house inspector. Uh, Lauren's saying that lawyers are different across the board, some good, some bad. When you guys work with people that want to sell their home, I imagine some are very. Uh, difficult. They're on you all the time saying this picture, that picture, I want this done, I want that done. And some guys let let you do your thing, huh? Uh, the ones that have used us a while know what we do. Uh, they let us do our, our, okay. our thing. The trust thing is built up there. And it's amazing, like you're reading my notes again. I was going <laughs> to tie in the legal thing again. Um, and uh, I'll finish up with that. Yeah. But uh, but I'm, I'm sure it's like every business. I mean, there's uh, you mentioned inspectors. Mm-hmm. They have guidelines that they're supposed to, to use. And if, if you have some that don't follow those guidelines, the reputation is going to follow them, and, and they'll get weeded out. Same with us. And if you're doing things right, those reputations get thrown over there, and they will go with Fabray because they're proven. So I know that's Brandon always just has Fabray all the time. He recommends you guys to everybody. He has a relationship where he knows the work you guys do. So it's how do you build that? Tr- you just got to go out there and do it and show them what you can do, and they'll see the difference between your work and others. Exactly. And, and comparison is the best way. Uh, not only the quality, but, but also um, somehow... Uh, uh, the Fabrays have kept the pricing down mm-hmm. so low. Uh, there's some other companies out there trying to do what they're doing. Uh, they might offer a, a similar price, but you don't get all the photos that, that we provide. You don't get the editing, uh, next day delivery, yeah. and you don't get the free drones. That's so, the key. Brandon talks about timeliness a lot. You know, people are on you. I want to sell this property. i got to sell this property. They're judging their quality of the realtor by how fast they get responses, how soon the phone rings. So having you guys respond and get the photos up there, that's a key part of his whole thing. Yeah, because uh, you get a listing today uh, or, or you secure a listing, uh, you want to get it listed as soon as possible. You don't want to wait a week for photos. Absolutely. So uh, getting an appointment with this in a, in a day or two is key to that. And also one note on the legal side, um, a lot of these uh, companies, uh, when you use their photography, they retain ownership of the photos. Hmm. So you're not able to post them um, on social sites. In other words, they still own, own the photograph of their, their property. Not with Fabray. It's You pay for it. It's yours. You can get it branded. You can put it on social media. Any marketing you want, those are your photos once, once well, you bought Well, that's a them. critical piece that you might not have thought of. So it certainly didn't occur to me that I wouldn't own the photos. I mean, it's my house. I hired you guys. I, I want to be able to use those pictures whenever I want. Okay. 
Yeah. So that's something that Fabray offers that certainly I didn't didn't occur to me. Uh, for folks out there considering a, a real estate transaction, you might want to hire Fabray just because you get to own those photos. They're yours forever. Very good. Then you won't have to hire an attorney to come in and wrestle them away from somebody well, else. I guess if you wanted both of us, you could, yeah. Go. We'll offer a special. See, that's what we do here on the Consumer Quarterback Show. Partnerships, right? Business working together. All right, stay with us. When we come back, we're going to tell you about that feel-good story I told you about. 102-year-old woman gets to stay in her house, and I'm going to tell you why. And then, of course, we're going to have our finishing summaries from our guests here in studio. Don't go anywhere. The Consumer Quarterback Show rolls on. Hey, this is Grant Cardone, and you're listening to Consumer Quarterback Show, hosted by my friend Brandon Rhymes. Do not touch that dial. I'll come right through the radio and grab your throat. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372, online at ConsumerQB.com. Ian Beckles here with my man, Brandon Rimes, a.k.a. the Real Estate Quarterback. Brandon, what's happening with the market? Thanks, Ian. We are in a low inventory market, so any of our listeners are homeowners and would like a free comparable market analysis or a 2.5% listing, we will honor this for the first three listeners who call or text in 813-773-1253. Free CMA and a 2.5% real estate listing at 813-773-1253. Check out PlatinumMVPRealty.net. PlatinumMVP. Realty.net. Hey, Brandon Rimes here. I'm a top 1% realtor in the United States with Keller Williams Realty, the number one real estate company in the world. We're looking for buyers, sellers, and investors that would like to work with our top team in the area. Reach out at ConsumerQB.com. Just submit an email form at ConsumerQB.com or give us a call or a text at 813-670-7372. Call or text 813-670-7372 and we will help you win in negotiations with your real estate deals. You're listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. Online at ConsumerQB.com. That's right. ConsumerQB.com is where you can find all the partners that you listen to on the Consumer Quarterback Show. We're also available on lots of video replay. The WeBeam TV, of course, is our home for our webcast. But Binge Networks is now carrying the show. So any smart television out there, you can find the Consumer Quarterback Show. You're looking for BingeNetworks.tv and search the Consumer Quarterback Show. So we're available all over the place. SoundCloud, Pippa, Facebook. You find the Consumer Quarterback Show, and Brandon will make sure that we're providing some information makes you a better consumer and make your dollar go a little bit farther in the marketplace. we got a, a feel-good story coming up. Again, a Brandon Rhymes tradition of putting some positivity into every program. We're going to make sure that we tell you that. And I'm just visiting now with Lauren Frieder from Frank Charles Miranda Law and Gary Schofield from Fabray Frameworks. We're talking a little bit about the law and about real estate photography and all the things out there that you might need to know. I want to alert you to an opportunity for our veterans and first responders. September 12th, 6 to 8.30, Brandon has got the captain, Matt Bruce, and himself available for any veteran or first responder that wants to find out about the programs that are in place for you. There's a lot of real estate uh, programs for veterans and first responders, and, of course, the captain knows everything about what's going on. This is your chance to get out, meet these guys, and find out what they can do for you. we got catering by Amici's as well. should be a great night. September 12th, 6 to 8.30, American Legion Post 5, right down there in downtown Tampa off Kennedy Boulevard. All right, so we talked a little bit today about uh, 
of real estate, and one of the things I wanted to do was tie it into this feel-good story I've got. So uh, this poor lady, 102 years old, she lives in California, and they, there was a couple of folks that found out that she was being evicted. So they put on their Facebook, uh, her name is Thelma, that says, Thelma has been a dear friend for a long time. Can you imagine doing this to a 102-year-old woman who gave back to the community her whole life? It's heartless. So in response to that, a couple of folks realized uh, that this lady needed a hand, and one of them was Arnold Schwarzenegger. So Arnold is coming to the rescue of a 102-year-old woman who's being forced to leave her California home. According to the eviction notice, longtime Ladera Heights resident Thelma Smith is being forced out of her home so the, daughter, so the landlord's daughter can move in. So it really doesn't sound, yeah, it doesn't sound right. And Arnold said, that's not correct. So he's going to jump in after living there 30 years. He said the woman needs some help, and he's going to provide that help. So, again, social media, I don't, I don't care for it a lot of times. I find that it's uh, just superfluous or it creates issues or problems or it's divisive. But there are certainly aspects where it can help and do good things out there. So if you feel like you can do something for somebody, we encourage you to go ahead and take that first step, pay it forward, be the first one. And that way, when it comes back around to you, you can say, I started this whole thing. But we want you to do something good, and that's, that's Brandon's commitment to you. All right, so back in studio now with Lauren and Gary, and we're going to just summarize a little bit about some of the stuff we learned today. Again, you may think you know a lot about the law. As I did, because I watch a lot of television shows. But that doesn't give you any background at all, and you find out that you may get yourself in trouble if you're just going off your law and order background. So, Lauren, just summarize a little bit of some of the major... We talked about attorneys and litigators versus going to court and not going to court. What are some of the things, just takeaways, that you want folks to remember? Some really important takeaways is, you know, when you're trying to decide on picking the right attorney, you need to really think about what it is that I want or need to accomplish. It doesn't always have to be a litigator, which okay. means we go to court. Um, it might be best served through a different type of specialty attorney. So you really need to, going back to due diligence, think about what it is that you want to accomplish or need to. You also need to be thinking about money. Mm. Um, it's expensive oftentimes to hire an attorney, but sometimes it's smarter. Actually, it's always smarter to hire an attorney up front okay. to give you an opinion because it's going to save you money in the long run. Um and that's something I love to do is to offer ahead of time, let's make sure things are in place so you can avoid being in court. Do you find folks uh, bring up money at all? I mean, they, everyone wants a bulldog. I want the mean, I want the yeah. guy who's going to kill, you know, just get in there and just kill everyone in court. But they don't think about the cost. They don't think about the knowledge. It's just a, a, a history of aggression. Yeah, you would think, uh, actually, they do talk about money a lot. So <laughs> they uh, definitely want that pit bull. They want right. you there. They want you working. You know, you know a litigator because we're tired all okay. the time. Um, they want all that stuff. But then when it comes time to paying for it, Mm-hmm. You know, even if, with the best results, there's always some pushback. Um, so, you know, I'm very clear, you know, if I'm looking at an hourly rate case, you need to be asked, you ask the attorney, what do they charge an hourly rate for? Uh, what do the paralegals have an hourly rate? Is this a contingency fee matter? Um, these things are different. If I'm paying hourly, do I have to pay a retainer? Is this retainer refundable versus non-refundable? Um, you, just real quick, contingency. Just define that you just mentioned a term there. Oh, contingency fees. Mm-hmm. So a contingency fee uh, most commonly is where people are going to think of personal injury cases, uh, right. auto crashes. They're not accidents. Um, is when you have a case and you say, you know, we'll take your case on. You know, We're going to vet the case to see if it, there's a, it's a good case or not, which mm-hmm. I hope all attorneys are doing. I don't see that happening these days. Um, and then depending on if it settles in pre-suit, we're going to take 33 and a third percent. This is all Florida bar guidelines. Okay. Now, so that percent is not negotiated. It's already in the in the law. It's in the, it's in the Florida bar guidelines. Now you can go ahead and you can talk to the attorney and ask them to take it. Hey, you know, and we've done this for people. Maybe we'll do a 20 percent in what we call pre-suit before we file the lawsuit. But the standard language is 
33 and a third percent. Now, not all cases can be done in contingency. That's going to, when I think of uh, child support, I think is one okay. of the big areas, and I believe criminal. And like I said, I, right. this is why you want something in a specialty. Spot. No, absolutely, because there's so many areas. Sure. Um, and then once a lawsuit's filed, if the defendant files an answer, now under what we're talking about, the Florida Bar Rules, if you just sign the typical contract, it's a 40% okay. contingency fee. So pretend somebody recovers in trial $100,000. There's $40,000 in attorney fees because the attorney has taken a gamble. They don't know if they're going to get paid on the case or not versus if I'm charging an hourly fee rate uh, for something else. I know I'm getting paid literally by the minute. Okay. So it's kind of his evaluation of the case. As you present the case to the attorney, they're going to say, well, this may qualify as a contingency if they Mm -hmm. feel like there's a positive result in the offer. Yeah. And then they, you know, be honest with them um, and make sure that you're asking the attorney all those right questions, too. You know, how many of these types of cases have they taken before? How long have they practiced in this area? Um, you know, do they have the resources and the staff to even facilitate your case in the right way? It's very, very important that people know this because if an attorney doesn't have the money to put up for costs, if we're talking about trial, I mean, hiring experts for trials are $20,000 a piece for an expert, $30,000. So those are monies that the attorney has to put up front Mm -hmm. and you're hoping you know of course that you win it's a gamble yeah i can imagine again with my background in uh, television law i see them all the time using private detectives so every every attorney on tv has a pi that he's sending out to check this out or check that out but they got to pay that guy uh, that is actually a very true tv statement (laughs) Um, we do use uh pis all the time private investigators i actually like to think i'm a great one myself because we're always having to uncover the truth but um yes most law firms if they're doing the kind of business that we do we have um a private investigator that we can hire need if needed depending on the case insurance companies almost always have a private mm-hmm. investigator following you once you filed a lawsuit i just want to go back a little bit you talked about pricing I, of course everyone's concerned about price but you don't come right out and say how much does it cost to hire this attorney you know I, i'm curious to know when you're shopping how you're going to get a fee idea or how do you get an idea of what the rates and fees are for various attorneys well an attorney that gives you just a simple answer that says it should just cost just as much is probably wrong yeah because there's too many factors there's right? too many variables um so you really need to you know, talk to them about what their hourly rate is hey if it gets you know to this you know it, this is the type of money maybe i have to spend on this case what happens if we run out of this money yeah. then what do i do because the attorney might withdraw so you need to be asking all those kinds of questions there's always i mean for us we will do whatever we can to help the person sure. i mean of course we're here to make money but I became an attorney because I believe in sticking on for people. Right. Uh, that's the most important thing for me. So we, if there's a will, there's a way. All right, out there. So Frank Charles Miranda Law. This is Lauren Frieder. She's going to help you if you need help. But uh, the information she's providing is for everyone out there to think about going forward in a legal matter, how, how best to pursue that and who you, sh- who you need on your side. All right, Gary, let's let's finish up with Fabre. We want to make sure folks out there know what you guys offer and what the difference is between just having a picture of the front of your house taken with your phone and having somebody out there with a professional photographer. <laughs> you did it again. Uh, <laughs> good job, James. Um, the, the photos, uh, and there's some good, uh, pretty good camera phones or, or phone cameras mm-hmm. out there. It's the number of pixels that, that when you... Um, uh, move that picture into onto your computer or upload it into something, and we've all seen the little half size photos, mm. very low pixels, hard to see. Um, nobody's going to look at that. Right. The real grainy ones, low pixels. All our all of our photography uh, or professionals use HDR, high high defi- uh, definition resolution, so that and it's two 
to maybe eight times more pixels, right? Depending on the programs that you use, so greater depth, more color, just looks deeper. Everything's yeah. better. Uh, yeah. Everything's better with. Um, well, thought of an old commercial. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you take a picture, I mean, I I, I dated a girl who had knew. I, she did things with her phone. I couldn't imagine. She had this different apps that she could use to record thing. I mean, it was an, an incredible. But uh, as far as the pictures go, uh, you cannot increase the, the camera. Is the camera on a phone? You cannot make him. I mean, you can do a lot of things in post, but you cannot make it richer or thick or you know deeper color. No, you you can't. Uh Enhance it. You, uh, you, you can play with it. You have all these apps where you can put, you know, adjust it or make right. all these little things, uh, which is fun, but it doesn't serve a purpose in selling real estate. Um, and uh, I guess that's all I can say about those apps. But uh, <laughs> but it, the idea that the greater the eyeballs on your photos, the more uh, money you're going to get for your property, the less days it's going to spend on the market. All that stuff's been proven. Time. I, I, I agree. Uh, uh, they, you get more showings, uh, quicker offers and closings, um, and I, I forget the number, but it's, it's pretty close to the listed price or how many homes with professional photography are within a percent or two mm-hmm. of, the, of the listed price or the asking hey, price. Brandon, Brandon quotes numbers all the time. I'm, st- I'm amazed that the big deal. It makes a huge difference. The other thing that uh, I wanted to point out for folks is the virtual staging. Uh, when you guys come in to do that, does the house have to be ready for? I mean, it has to be empty, right? Yeah, we can't we can't improve uh, through the edit process. Uh, we can't add a fireplace or or something. So if there's a garbage can or something in the way, or a piece of rug, or maybe they, they didn't clean. It. If the room is empty, it needs to be swept and cleaned. Uh, right. The better the product, the, the better the finished photo is going to be, of course. That makes sense. Fabre is going to do everything they can to get your property sold. Get in touch with those guys if you're thinking about it, because it, once you see the difference, you're going to realize, man, it makes quite a bit of a difference in terms of viewers out there, eyeballs you get on your stuff. All right, so great show today. Thanks so much for uh, Lauren coming in, and, and Gary's here giving us some knowledge. I want to thank all you guys out there listening and encourage you to go to the Consumer Quarterback uh, website, take a look at all our partners, and see what, if you can uh, do business with them. We know these folks, and they're going to do the best by you. And don't forget about this September 12th event with uh, Catering by Amici's at the American Legion. You can meet Captain Matt Bruce and the consumer quarterback himself, Brandon Rimes. They're going to do their best to provide some information for first responders and vets. As always, keep us in mind. Consider committing a random act of kindness. And do that for everybody and do that for each other. Would you do that? Consumer Quarterback Show, ConsumerQB.com. You've been listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Whether it's real estate, consumer, or financial advice, let Brandon call your next play. Contact Brandon Rhymes at 813-670-7372. That's 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. And join us next time for the Consumer Quarterback Show. Weekday afternoons at 5 on AM. 1380 The Biz